This was our Super Bowl 50 preview edition of Bird Brothers. We were joined by three Panthers fans to break down Sunday's big game. Enjoy the show. I'm joined by my Falcons, bruh, Trent. But I also have three Panthers fans on the podcast this time as well. And they're going to talk to us about their team, some things they want to see, and hopefully they get the victory for themselves. As Falcons fans, we don't want to see it, but, you know, that's how it goes. So I'll go ahead and introduce those guys. We got Dom. You represent the 704, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Holding it down. Then we got my boy John, also from the 704, but he's living in Raleigh right now. And then my boy Gene. So we got Gene from the 704 as well. We got Charlotte representing throughout this whole episode. So there you go. We got all three of those guys to break down their team, lifelong Panthers fans, and they know a little bit about what they're talking about. So we got to have them on. So I'll go ahead and let Trent lead it off and pose some questions to them, and we'll just discuss Super Bowl 50. Let's go. Uh, definitely, man. Um, like I said, I've been – I haven't been sold on the Panthers all season. And honestly, even when it came to playoff time, I wasn't even sold on you guys. But just with these last two games and just the dominating performances you guys have, uh, have just showcased in this playoff, I can't – like I, I have to admit it now, you you guys are the best in the league right now. But um, – and what do you guys expect out of um, – after the play on Sunday, will it be another dominant performance by this team, or will this be a a gruesome game that probably will come down to the end? I'll chime in first. I personally think Denver has been getting disrespected so much throughout the week that I know that defense is gonna really have something in store. Way Way Phillips, he he um he might be bum Phillips some, but he ain't no bum when he a coordinator and only got responsible for the defense. And I know he's gonna have them boys ready, Vaughn and, and Talib. And, and the rest of that uh, defensive core. And I feel like the disrespect and the slight that everybody been giving Denver as far as picking only Carolina and saying we're going to dominate is really going to have them at another level. And I think it's going to be closer than most people think. Well, I think I, I agree. I think it's going to be closer than most people think as well. But there's one game that sticks in my mind that uh, the Panthers kind of gained some experience from, and it was a playoff game against the 49ers a couple years ago in Charlotte. Panthers had won that first division title with Cam going to the playoffs for the first time. And it was a low-scoring game, but that was Cam's first taste of real playoff defense. And that was also the Panthers' defense first taste of some real playoff offense. And I think that experience is going to pay off for Cam going up against that style of defense and getting stuck into that style of grinded out slugfest game to where that first time around he lost it. Um, he wasn't reading blitzes correctly. He wasn't reading the coverages correctly. Everything was kind of coming in fast. But as he's shown these past few games against Seattle and against Arizona, he's learning to pick up those blitzes. And I think that's going to pay off in this luck. You know, I think, Trent, I think your question was, did you ask, do you think the Panthers will, will blow out or will run past the Broncos like they did other teams? Yeah, I was asking if it's going to be another dominating performance, or will this come down to the um, to the fourth quarter? I mean, the, these playoff games, it really hasn't been competitive. You had that Seahawks game, but I mean, yeah. I feel like you guys were dominant in that also. I, I guess to me, I don't think it'll be a dominating performance just because this Denver Broncos defense is 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 definitely the best in the league. They've carried the Denver Broncos offense all year. Uh, the Denver Broncos haven't been blown out all year. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule now. I think they only 
looks like they only lost one game by by more than than seven points, and that was a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs off defense, who has a, I mean, to the Kansas City Chiefs who has a good defense. Um, I think the Panthers have the ability to blow them out, um, especially if they make Peyton Manning have a bad game. But after what happened with the Denver Broncos a couple of years ago, I think that you know the Broncos are going to take a different approach to this game and not throw the ball as much. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And it's going to be a slow grinding game, and I think the Panthers will pull it out in the end, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. You also got to remember a couple of years ago, Peyton Manning still had a well, we thought he had a decent arm. I think that was year he threw like 50 touchdowns. So <laughs> the difference between then and now is Peyton's got a, a definitely a noodle arm, and they rely more on that run game. So I guess you got to take that into account as well. Um, another thing I really was looking at was what about this offense? This Panthers offense, we know they can't – well, we kind of talked about that, but well, actually on the other side of the ball, what do y'all think about y'all D-line? Of course, the interior is what's known. Kwan Short has been a beast um, at D tackle, and then of course the linebacking core. Do y'all think that's going to be another key thing? Thomas Davis will play. Is that going to be key, or is it just going to be more of a team defensive effort? I think it's going to be very key. A lot of people want to go in and give my man Short props, which he deserves. I mean, he he been balling out of his mind. But a lot of the unsung hero on that line is the guy right beside him, Star Starless Tule. He um he's a he's known for stopping the run more than getting at the quarterback. He he's a big reason why our run defense is so stout. Because when Cam first got drafted, one of our biggest uh flaws was that when we put up points, other teams would be able to run the clock out on us and put points up on us because our run defense was so horrendous. And um when we drafted him like that following the two years after we um had drafted Cam, we uh shored that defensive deficiency up very, very quickly, and Star's only gotten better, especially as he got healthy, because the year we played San Francisco, I believe he had got hurt. So um, I really think Star's going to be an unsung hero that doesn't get the recognition like Short does, but doing him clogging up the hole and preventing the run game from getting off on the opposing team allows Short to take advantage of single coverages that he might get and get to the quarterback and stop the run himself when he gets in that backfield and cause chaos. Oh, yeah, that, and that's, that's agreed right there. Um, that interior line has to keep that, that pressure up on Peyton. The the thing that Peyton has been able to get off on is that even though he has that noodle arm like Rome brought up, he's still smart, and he's still great at reading defense. And at this point, he knows he can't fire the ball in there, so he's really anticipating and counting on that anticipation more now than he ever has. Like he's throwing the ball literally two or three steps before the receivers making a cut. So it's important to keep that pressure, especially interior pressure, in Peyton's face so he's, he's throwing his timing off and not allowing him to get in that rhythm. And as, as long as we can keep Peyton from getting those quick passes and getting in that rhythm, that interior line, the linebackers are, are, are well adapted to cover and sit in those holes and wait on Peyton to give them. Yeah. Um, as we've shown throughout the course of this season, we get turnovers and turn them into points, and that's the way we get our win. Not necessarily with the offense scoring, but we get two, three touchdowns that the defense created. That's game over. Yeah, I, I agree with that point totally. Another thing, just to add, is, is that 
with um a lot of people said the reason why Peyton was able to get off early in the the, the uh, AOC championship is because the Patriots left the middle of the field wide open. Like they didn't respect Peyton even though they knew his arm was weak. Well, that really ain't going to pop off with Carolina because they run that zone and Luke and TD patrol that middle of the field like Hawks. So it's going to be a little more difficult for Peyton to just sit back and try to find an open zone if he has time to do that because we got ball hawking linebackers. Um, well, another thing like what Rome said, oh, well, Oh, let me make one more point. The other thing, like Rome said, is they have to be able to run the ball because if they can't run the ball, they really won't have any chance. You can't beat us one-dimensional. We anticipate that pass. Yeah, back to you guys' earlier points um, and to the question Rome uh, posed, I mean, that, def- that defensive line for the Carolina Panthers or well, the interior of the defensive line is what gets the engine going. Like like my man said, Starlu Tulele and K1 Short, you know, have been huge factors in the two playoff games. They've gotten sacks, they've stopped a run, they've been big, and if those guys don't get pressure, if those guys aren't having a big game, then you start to the quarterback starts to buy time, and they start to pick on that second string receipt um, cornerback uh, Robert McLean, and he's. Largely been untested. He's been tested. He was tested a little bit in the Seahawks game, and you know had some passes thrown on him. And he held he held his own on some occasions, but you know over time, if you don't get that pressure, then he can be exposed. So I think that D line is a huge key when it comes to this Panther game, and they're going to have to get pressure up the middle, and they're going to have to push back that pocket in Peyton Manning's face if they want to win. Do you guys think the key is because I I feel like looking at your defense this year, it's been more vulnerable when it comes to the run. So do you think the key is to actually keep the ball in Peyton Manning's hand and make him like make him like make him have to win the game? Because I just look at I mean if you if they are able to run the ball and sure up the um and just keep meaningful downs and yards yards per down, then I think they they actually have a chance. But if you have to put the ball into Peyton Manning's hands. And that's when I see where I feel like that's when your defense is will come up like will have the potential to have a lot of turnovers against this team. Or do you like what? How do you feel about that? I feel I feel we are um, a lot of the defensive performances that we put out. I think have been deceiving in a way where we have gotten a big early in the game due to turnovers or, or Cam and them doing what they do, putting points up. And the defensive get real preventive, and a lot of times that's how we see our leads evaporate and get in the shootout. So we have to come from back from behind late in the game. I think last thing I want, even though Peyton Man arm is is practically dead, last thing I want to do is be in a situation where he has time, has ability to pick us apart, even if it's just five yard routes or eight yard routes. Um, so that will only be able to happen if they get the running game off. So I, I do agree with you. We we got to make sure that run game ain't going nowhere. And Denver's run game has been mildly successful this year. That's how they've been able to move the rock. And I've seen them do a lot of plays versus the Pittsburgh Steelers and the, the Patriots um, this playoff run where they've had big runs or key runs to get first down to keep the clock moving to protect Peyton Manning in a way. So, yeah, if we don't stop that run, we will, we might get exposed. Because I think there is, is our weakest point of our defense. So I, I agree with that. For me, for me, that's hard to say because I don't. Maybe only one or two games I've seen us get ran on, and I don't think we've got ran on this this year like that. I mean, some people have had a few a real some pretty good success, but nobody has made us look bad. So even if the Broncos do run on us, they're not going to go for 150, 200 yards. Um, I don't know. I, I'd have to see for somebody to do that on us before us. 
you know, make any determination on on whether that would result in a in a win for the Broncos. I'm not gonna front though. Devontae Freeman did scare me a few times this season. Yeah, and while nobody has posed like has posted these amazing stats like 150 yards on you, I'm not saying that they have to do that to win the game. All they have to do is manage the clock and manage the downs. Devontae Freeman didn't like we go back to that Falcons game that y'all lost. Devontae mm-hmm. Freeman didn't have 100 yards. He had 70 yards. Yeah, 70 plus yards. But we were always managing the downs. We were in third and three, third and fours. That's how we were able to like actually win that game. So I'm not saying that uh, Anderson has to have a 200-yard rushing game to be effective. No, if they if they're managing that down, like managing their downs, and they're in the third and four, third and five, and then Peyton Manning can throw those little five-yard hitches or those short little passing um, routes, then that they can be an effective offense that way. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Cause back to the Atlanta game, you said it wasn't necessarily the the length of the runs or or how the runs went down. It was when they happened. Like I said, it was on third and shorts and and second down and shorts, and that's what broke our back. It kept the defense on the field. So I, I agree with your point totally, bro. But I don't even think that was the story of that game. Like the score was like twenty thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was a close game. It was a I close mean, game. It was a low scoring. I mean it was a low scoring game according to NFL standards today. I mean the story of the game was we couldn't score. We couldn't put up many points on the board. So is that, like, I guess I want to ask this question. How do you – is that how you beat the Panthers? Do you keep it – does it have to be a low-scoring game for a team to beat the Panthers? No, you make Cam have another baby the week of the game. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, so that's the excusism? I mean, because, no, you know, we look back to that, to that game and the Falcons kind of set a blueprint. How yeah. you do it, like, you know, short, short, um, like Trent said, those short uh, yardage situations, you got to maybe dink and dunk a little bit, rely on the run game, play uh, solid defense, you know, keep yeah. the ball in Cam's hands. Yeah, I, I don't want to give an excuse. You know, the, the Falcons beat us fair and square that year. I think it was a combination of the, the Panthers having beat the Falcons 38-0 two weeks before. They like, yeah. you know, it, it's, first it's division rivals. Anything could happen. They thought that you know, they beat him 38-0. to zero. Well, we don't have to prepare as hard as we did, you know, before. Um, the Falcons had a little extra motivation. They saw us taking pictures on the sidelines. They just lost 38-0. to zero. They yeah. knew they could beat us being a division rival. I think it was a combination of things, and the Panthers got humbled. They didn't do what they were supposed to do to win that game. I think that's really what it was. Yeah, I just wanted to pose that question because, of course, like you said, that's the only loss you guys have had this season. So there's not really a blueprint out for, you know what I'm saying, how to how to beat those, beat those guys. But I was looking at that game and where, like, like you said, we were able to manage the clock. We were able to contain Cam for the most part. So I was just trying to figure out what is the blueprint for beating the Panthers. Like, I mean, of course, you're a Panthers fan, so you know your team. What, like, you know what I'm saying, what do you feel is your team's weakness? I will, I'll tell you what it is. The, the way to beat this team is to turn, get Cam to turn the ball over. And if you're unsuccessful in turning them over, keep him off the field. Um, you know, they, I was listening to, um, I think it was the Rich Eisen show, and they were talking about um, past Super Bowl matchups. And they were saying how when the Giants played the Bills, you know, the Bills had a crazy offense back then with Kelly Reed and, and Thurman Thomas and all them boys. And uh, they said that the, the game plan that Parcells and Belichick had for them was to pretty much make sure they put, protected the ball, got first downs, kept the clock going, and kept their offense off the field. 
So I think with Denver's crazy defense, if they can keep us in check on offense, get us off the field, and then Peyton can formulate some drives that take up a lot of clock and come up with points. Well, I mean, I think the key to beating any good quarterback, and it was shown when they beat Tom Brady, uh, is to get pressure on the quarterback. Now the Panthers have good offensive line, but, I mean, if you could get pressure on the quarterback, you could force quick throws, and you, and you get hits on the quarterback, it'll have them thinking something. If you stop the run and you make them throw every time and you're getting pressure on the quarterback, then all you're doing is passing and you're forcing quick throws and you're forcing bad passes. I think all it is is really pressure and stopping that run, really. I think that's a blueprint to beating any team. I don't think there's a specific blueprint to beating the Carolina Panthers as there is to you know, beating any team. Well, I ask that because it's not that like that easy for a quarterback like Cam Newton. Like you said, it's easy to get pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, he's a standing duck back there. But when it comes to Cam Newton, you can still have pressure. But like I said, he can see that's when he makes plays. That's when he's at his best. That's, that's why I said keep him off the field. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I mean, Cam's not. He's not. You know, he's not invisible. I mean, <laughs> he's not the greatest. <laughs> he's not the goat. I mean, I mean, I'm just when it, like look looking back at the Falcons' stats, we didn't have like he didn't throw any interceptions. We had two sacks on him, so it wasn't like we were continually getting to him and pressuring him. We it's like that's why I was trying to figure out what is. I'm being 100 with you, and I'm not even trying to be biased. I ain't even trying to put nothing on y'all. That was a fluke. That loss was a fluke. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm, one, I'm being I'm being 100, and I'm not even trying to I'm not even trying to that that loss was a straight up fluke. I mean, the Falcons won fair and square, but everything, every every type of situation that could have went wrong, went wrong for the Panthers. You know, every, all those points I made up earlier. I I'll add two points to you saying it's a fluke. The first point is, you know, if you think about it, if if Matt Ryan didn't pull off that miracle throw and uh had Julio climb the ladder and catch that ball over Luke running for the touchdown, the game could have been totally different. If Luke could have got a little higher or had some safety help, broke it up, game could have ended a little or, differently. Or Coleman wouldn't have fell down. Yeah, true. Exactly. That's another point. Second point I was going to make is they interviewed Julio, or they talked to Julio about the Panthers since they were the only squad to beat um to beat the Panthers over the Pro Bowl break, and he was saying that the biggest thing that they had, even though it didn't look pretty, was they, they matched Carolina's intensity. They said, if you don't match Cam and them's intensity, you don't stand a chance. And they, they had that disrespect in their back of their mind and had their intensity pumped up, and that's why they was ready to rock and go blow for blow with Carolina and pulled out the dub. So you, you can say it's a fluke, but it's football, man. Anything goes any Sunday. I mean, that sounds like that sodium, that salt that John is, is experiencing. <laughs> you know, we, we did break, break that undefeated season. I know it hurts that it was the Falcons, y'all division I'm, rivals. I'm, we weren't I'm, good. Listen, listen, I don't care about the undefeated season. I don't care that the, that the Falcons beat us. I, I don't care that we lost anymore, to be honest with you. I really didn't even care when we lost then. But I'm just saying it's, 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 it's nothing that I could look at and I could say, Oh, they did that to us right there. Another team has has not done that to us, and that's why they couldn't beat us. And there's the blueprint. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, it's 13. Like, I look. You're the you're the uh, top scoring offense in the league, correct? Yes, yes, that's true. Okay, and in that game, you scored 13 points. So I'm just trying to figure out what, like, just dissect what did we do that potentially the Broncos could. You know what I'm saying? Well, the Broncos must do to be in this game, basically. 
I know y'all got. I know y'all, especially in the second half, y'all got pressure. Um, y'all, y'all got the cam. I'm gonna say y'all. I want to come out and say y'all contain them, but y'all got the cam. Like, see, y'all had those two sacks. Secondly, I think y'all y'all put hands on our receivers. Y'all y'all got us out on a lot of three and outs, if I remember correctly, because we weren't able to get no good drives going. Because I think we have some. I think we're one of the top teams in 80 plus yard drives, and we really couldn't formulate nothing popping against y'all. So I think that, that that was a big thing to go with it. You know, I think Cam was real off off that day. He just seemed off on his throwing. I, I think I, I honestly can't remember that game that great, but I do know that there was pressure that game, and that's my point. If you get pressure on any quarterback, constant pressure on any quarterback, you could force him into some mistakes. And I, I do I do remember Cam being off that game and wondering what was up. And that last, and then those last couple drives, I was like, okay, he's gonna get it back on track, and then he still couldn't get it back on track. So I remember him being real. So you can you can hope. You can hope that he's off. You can get some pressure on him, and you can try to get some interceptions and take some to the house. Okay, so we we see how y'all felt about the, the Falcons <laughs> game, man. Kind of, and also, you know, it, it brought up some points on how to contain the Panthers. But you know, going back, let's go back to the Super Bowl, and let's. I want to get from each one of you all. Let's start with Gene, uh, offensive key player and a defensive key player. But let's look at unheralded guys. Of course, we know Cam is going to be a big part, but. Who are some unheralded or what two key guys, one on offense, one on defense, do you guys foresee for the Super Bowl on Sunday? Go ahead, Gene, and then John, and then Don. Um, well, I think on defense, Shaq Thompson is going to be a key component. I don't, I don't think he's gotten enough credit. He filled in great for Thomas Davis um, last week when he kind of stepped out with that tweak on his arm. I ain't going to call it a broken arm because you can't tell me it's that easy to break Thomas Davis' arm. So we're just going to say he tweaked his arm. Shaq Thompson came in and played big. And I think uh, we're going to need him to step in and play a little coverage on some of those wide receivers that stay in Peyton Manning's throwing lanes. And I think on offense, it's going to be Ted again, him being able to blow the top off of the, the defense, keep those safeties pushing back, and that allows Cam that room to run when he does those read options. As long as Ted is getting down the field and making that defense afraid of him, burning them for a 60-yarder, that's, that, that keeps those running lanes for Cam open. I think Ted again is key for any game. I pick him before every game as as the key person. If he's getting over the top of the of the of defensive backs and we getting and we and we're stretching the field with tag in, we're literally unstoppable. I maybe that's one thing, Trent. When you don't when you don't start when you don't get tag in going, but when you stop tag in, that's how you beat the Panthers. Maybe that maybe that's maybe that's it because I don't remember tag in doing well that game that particular game. But uh, I think Ted Ginn's definitely. Yeah, truthfully, that Falcons game, yes. Yeah, what were yeah you that say? was exactly what happened with that Falcons game. You you hit it right on the nail. Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn. Yeah. So so I I definitely think that's. I agree with your point as far as Ted Ginn's going to be key on offense. As far as defense, I think it'll be, um, Kurt Coleman. Uh, when Kurt Coleman is on, he's on. When he's when he's off, we let stuff go right over our heads. It was easy to tell between the difference in the Seattle game and in the Arizona game. In the second half of Seattle game, Kirk Coleman let everything go over his head, which wasn't totally his fault because he had a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups. But when he was in his spot against the Arizona game, he was straight up killing and interceptions. When Kirk Coleman gets an interception, you can almost guarantee it's a blowout. So. I say Kirk Coleman on defense, Ted Ginn on offense. 
All right. Um, I guess to to uh to bring up the rear. Um, I feel like the unsung heroes is going to be between the the offensive line of the Carolina Panthers and the uh, defensive line of the uh, Denver Broncos. Von Miller, Ware, Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf going up against the um the offensive line, which is Orr, you know, Mr. Blindside, Norwell, Ryan Khalil, Trey Turner, Mike Remmers. I think I think the biggest thing with that um is our blocking packages is the fact that um they can get pressure with four. And, you know, uh, Von Miller, he a beast. I might not like him, but he a beast. You got to respect this game. And uh, a lot of times we use max protection, which means we um, we might bring the fullback in and might bring the second tight end in, which is Ed Dixon and um, Tolbert. So we have seven people blocking. They don't leave three other players available to run routes and for Cam to sit there and find them. And when you got Akeem Tlaib and Harris and them boys back there, Ball hawking in the no fly zone, as they call it, that, that could really, really, that really worries me. I'm not even gonna front. I'm not gonna sit here and act like Denver doesn't scare me on defense. And I feel like if we can't protect them and keep them off Cam, and I always have to use a max protection, it could be a long day where Cam could end up getting hit a lot or have to run a lot, where it becomes predictable. And Von Miller is so dynamic, he can easily try to rush and fall back and play spy. So I think. We have to be able to protect Cam with five in a lot of our packages because we have to rely on that max protection and then right on just three receivers to catch the ball and run that route and get open. It could be a long day for us on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, so those are some good points everybody brought up. And I guess we'll keep an eye on those guys because like Kirk Coleman, Kirk Coleman is, as John brought up. And I, I, a guy who I saw a few weeks ago, I think it was in, the, it was in one of those games, and, I, and he's a former Falcon. Robert McClain, and he was getting burnt. And uh, it was, you know, you see a lot of guys that have to step up with all the injuries you all had in the secondary. So for me, I really want to see what that secondary is going to do, regardless of what Peyton Manning looks like. You guys are down to what, third string at, at or third or fourth string when it comes to the nickel cornerback. And, you know, Tillman has been out, Ben Wickery is out. So that for me, I want to see what the defensive backs are going to look like this weekend. Yeah. And Ben Rickering was so was so key. I mean, he was that guy who who just doesn't get enough credit. When he went down, I, I, I really worried about our chances at the start of the playoffs, to be honest with you. But I mean we've managed we've gotten pressure on, on quarterbacks, so I think that's what's gonna be key. We gotta get pressure on quarterbacks so we can hide those deficiencies in the secondary. Yeah, well the coaches do a good job of scheming. I know my man brought up the offensive line, but I don't think Mike Schuler gets enough credit for what, what he's done to also scheme around the fact that we really got a bunch of nobodies on that O-line. bunch of cast-offs. I mean, we know Ryan Khalil is doing his thing, and he's always done his thing, but the rest of those guys, nobody wants those guys. And not to denote or uh, take away from how they play, they played well, but Mike Shula has done a very, very good job of structuring the offense in ways that put that offensive line in great position. Um, and, and, and so Truthfully, coaching and scheming is, is one of the bigger keys to the weekend. I agree. I agree. I um, I also also agree with with uh, the point you made about the schemes that Shula has been devising for the offense. I think another another key person that we need to um pay attention to is um Jared Allen. You know um as it's been pointed out by many people before, he uh. I know he's. I know this is his last hurrah, and he wants to make an impact. But he, he's obviously he's lost a step, and uh, I think he only had like two sacks with the squad the whole season since he's been here. And I feel like him hurting his foot, not wish harm on nobody, was kind of blessing in disguise because it, it got Ely to start, 
and when I see like when Ely starts, he's really more engaged in the game, and he was making all types of havoc and noise back there with Johnson and Short. So I feel like um, if he does come back. If he's not producing, he needs to go ahead and swallow his pride and let them young horses get in there and run after uh, Peyton Manning because uh, it's obvious he's been a weak point in our defense and our lack of pass rush. Well, I think a lot of Jared Allen's production isn't seen on the stat sheet. Uh, a lot of replays and, and films that I've seen, he, he still is a really, really good pass rusher. And I've seen a few sacks that he don't statistically get credit for, but he's caused a quarterback to step up or a quarterback to slide one way. And, and truthfully, the strength of our defensive line really comes from that ability to, to sub people in and out. We have fresh legs coming in up against tired offensive linemen. That helps. So, Jared Allen hasn't put up the, the big numbers, and I love Coney Ely, but having that rotation is going to be key to keep that pass rush coming fierce. I agree. I agree. One thing I will say, add to that, though, I, I know as it gets games, it's harder to get your rotation going because that's when a lot of teams be moving yeah. more faster. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of times we have a lot of players out there that be tired. They can't, they can't get off the field in time unless the coach burns the timeout. So I think that's another thing too. I've seen I've seen Allen out there gassed late in games. Same thing with with Johnson. You know what I mean? Where, where we really ain't getting no kind of pass rush because they can't get breathers. So yeah, that that's where the rotation kind of gets eliminated in late game situations. Yeah, but we're hell. I'm hoping if we're in that situation, and that hopefully that means we're up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Area. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. I, I'll take I'll take those chances in that situation. I'll take Peyton Manning and trying to run a hurry up to come back. I have uh, one final question for you guys. I think Don mentioned this earlier with like the um you guys are basically the favorites to um to win this game. But I feel like throughout the season and it's just it's been the Panthers persona, Panthers fans, Panthers players persona, that they're the underdog and they're the they're the disres disrespected ones. Do you feel like this team can still have that same intensity, knowing that they're the favorites that they, that they would have, of course, when they know that they're being disrespected by the media or so so on. Yeah, I, I think so because even when we win this game, y'all gonna say we're not the best 15, uh, 17 or eighteen and one team to ever win the Super Bowl. So I think that's the that's the whole motivation they've been using this whole year, and I think that's the whole motivation they're gonna continue to use. And um, I think that the Panthers' defense feels like they're better than the Broncos' defense, and I think they, I think they got plenty of motivation to use. They don't have to use that underdog card all the time. Not every underdog has won the Super Bowl. I can attest to that because in 2004 we lost to the Patriots when we were the underdogs. Yep. So I think we can, I think we can find plenty of motivation. Yeah, and, and to add to your point, bro. Um... A early article came out last week from Tolbert was saying that he didn't care that this might be Peyton Manning's last game, and I think that's a big point that they could harp on. They've really been nailing home this uh, Peyton Manning's last hurrah, the sheriff ride off into the sunset. Is Carolina go ruin the storybook ending? And it's like I know everybody picking us to be the favorite, and I'm kind of halfway on that or whatever, but. The other storyline besides I'm talking about Cam is, you know, this Peyton Manning's last hurrah. Can he do it? Can he? Can he get one last good, good um, good.
good jolt of energy in his arm to put out one last heroic performance, and if that defense can keep it close and Peyton Manning get the ball with two minutes left, anything can happen. I think that's one thing they can harp on. Like they, they really feel like it's just, just the opportunity for John Elway to get one more trophy for the owner and for Peyton Manning out to the sunset in a Bronco uniform like John Elway did um, eight years, eight, uh, 18 years ago or whatever. So I, I think that's one thing that can motivate the team. It's kind of like how it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? And, and Carolina's here to disrupt that and uh and make history on their own and don't give a damn what Peyton Man talk about, you know what I mean? I think what's interesting is that at this point in the season, the underdog role, the the, the extra motivation, at this point, you got to get motivated for the Super Bowl. What the world have you, have you been doing for the past four or five months? But I, I think this team has taken on the, the personality of Cam. I think – the whole world versus Cam thing, the team has embraced, and, and they and at this point they're just riding with AQB right now, and I, I think that's the the bulk of the motivation for them is they see what the, some of the criticisms that their quarterback is taking, and so they're trying to stand in front of that quarterback and take these bullets for them. But I don't think they need any extra motivation. It's Super Bowl, wake up in the morning. We had some technical difficulties at this point, but the question was, what are your score predictions for the game? Of course, I'm going to predict my Panthers. Um, if I had to pick a score, I would go with a 20-13 score, Carolina. Um, I'm horrible with predictions, but uh, I, I'm going I'm to go out there and say it, it might be something like 24-13. Um, yeah, 24-13 Panthers, no doubt. I feel confident in that. Um, I'm going with a 24-17 Panthers, I think. Cam have about a one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. Uh, it'd be a close game, 24-17. I don't want to predict how the game's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I've been the villain today, uh, I'm also going with the Panthers win. I'm I'm expecting another dominant performance. I'm expecting... Oh, dang. Trent picking us. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, just the way like I've I've seen Carson Palmer last like last week, well two weeks ago, and I just saw Russell Wilson. It's just I can't see Peyton Manning like he's gonna be running for his life the entire time. Well, he doesn't even run; he drops. So whenever he sees um, Kawan short or somebody coming down, like breathing down his back, he's just dropping to the floor or tossing the ball up. And I expect to see a lot of that. I expect to see. A Broncos performance reminiscent of the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl. <laughs> I know you Panthers fans don't want to hear that right now. No, okay. no. Uh, please don't, please. <laughs> but I, please not what I expect to see. And it's good. I don't have a dog in this fight, so I can say that. It's like everybody keeps saying that about another Seattle Denver um, replay or whatever, and it, just something about that just got me kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. Nah. I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want that pressure. Yeah, nah. But I will say this much, though. If we keep Peyton Manning in third and long, second and long, third and longs, and he goes through his first few drives, and he gets stuck into some third and longs, and we in the first quarter, it might end up getting ugly. <laughs> it might. Yeah. Long as we, I feel like as long as we protect the ball, we're going to win. Straight up and down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it has the potential to get ugly. It it, it definitely does with the way, like you said, the way um, Peyton Manning's arm is and the way and the ball hawks we got on defense. 
uh, at the linebacker level and the cornerback level, it definitely has the potential to get ugly. I mean, we are we have forced the most turnovers in in every team in the league. So, but I just I don't want to set my expectations too high, just in case I'd be disappointed. But I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get the W one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Bring that Lombardi back to the Queen City. Yeah. Um, As Jalen Rose likes to say, camera ready. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all don't listen to y'all don't do Jalen and Jacoby. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so as we wrap up, I want to give you all a chance to shout out y'all social media, or give shout outs to whoever y'all want to. Uh, if y'all do use social media, go ahead and uh, start off, Gene. I can plug me. I can plug me. Y'all can follow me at Gino Spades. Uh, that's on my Twitter. I don't got all that other stuff. But, you know, y'all are – hopefully y'all will hear me a few more times chatting it up with the with these stalking boys. I usually don't hang with dirty birds. Y'all, you know, y'all keep a, a smelly aroma around. <laughs> 15 and 1. <laughs> How does it feel to be the only team in the NFC South without a ring? Hey, 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 hey. Let's walk getting ahead of yourself. Let's walk lightly, bro. Don't want this to blow up in our face. Let's walk lightly, bro. You're getting ahead of yourself right there. <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking that, but I was like, I need to say that after we win. <laughs> well, yeah, John, John, go ahead and plug yourself, man. I'm Jonathan Alexander. You can follow me on Twitter at John, J-O-N, M, Alexander, 1. Again, that's John, M, Alexander, 1. Appreciate you uh, having me on, Ron. For sure. And Dom? Uh, All right. Yeah, this is Dom. I'm pretty much invisible online. Um, only way I really get down online is uh, on the Kali, which is how Roman them know me. My uh, name on there is the Morose Zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, all the 704 and to my hometown in the 336. You know what I'm saying? And all my uh, Panther Posse folk. You know what I mean? Let's, let's get this uh, Super Bowl ring at number 50. Panther Posse, what's the other one? Cookout Squad or whatever? Yeah, cookout, mean, game. Cook, cookout, game. cookout Game. It's Cookout Game, bro. Cookout ain't, game. No, ain't no whatever, bro. It's Cookout <laughs> Game, bro. You gonna respect that, you know what I mean? All right. Oh, man. I done heard it all. And my man Trent, go ahead and plug yourself. All right, man. You can, of course, Bird's Bird, bro, represent her. But um, my, under, uh, my Twitter is underscore T-E-E little. And I think it's, my Instagram is the same. But... Of course, on Twitter, I'm just talking everything sports. Um, you won't see any more Panthers hate. I mean, I think I've had much Panthers hate this season, but I think I'm I'm coming around. I can't say I can't I can't say the same. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see Cam get the W, just to blow it up in everybody's faces. But as a Falcons fan, it's against my fabric. It's blasphemy. I'm not. I don't care if Cam's from Atlanta, so it, it really doesn't matter. But you know. It's Bird Bros. You follow us on Twitter at Bird Bros. Shoot us an email, birdbros at gmail.com. We'll be back throughout the offseason with draft talk coming up soon. Uh, we'll talk about the draft after it happens. Any personnel changes, as always, we might try to get out the flowery branch uh, once training camp starts and everything. So you can definitely follow us, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. Stitcher Radio, wherever podcasts are found, you can find us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're checking out the Super Bowl on Sunday. Maybe it's Go Panthers. I don't know. But as always, Go Falcons.